Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, flying solo here today on the pod as we go through the week four DFS slate on DraftKings and FanDuel. We'll go game by game as usual. Uh, this is a supplement to the DFS products up at rosterwatch.com, the Vegas tool, the DFS cheat sheets, and the Hyper DFS lineup generator, in addition to all of the other tools that are available throughout the week to our pro subscribers, like the touchdown dependency tool, snap counts, touches, and targets, the matchup tool, et cetera, et cetera. You can find all of our content with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. And this podcast exists because of our pro members. So if you appreciate it and you like it, you would like to give back to the pod and give back to us in some way for the value that we bring you throughout the week with the different podcasts and offerings that we have, please consider getting a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. If you're not able to do that for some reason and you'd like to get one for free, you can get entered for a free Rosterwatch Pro membership by rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Just give us a five-star rating and a review. Leave your Twitter handle or your Instagram handle, and uh, we'll be once we get to 500 reviews on there, uh, once again, we'll do it every 100 reviews. And once we get to 500, we'll pick out a group of you guys to reach out to via Twitter or Instagram to uh, randomly select for a free one-year pro membership at Rosterwatch.com, which gets you all the DFS stuff, all the... All the um, redraft stuff, the dynasty stuff, the NFL draft stuff. Who knows? By February, we could have XFL DFS. So to make a killing doing that. But uh, before we get there, we have to try and make some money this week. Week four is all we care about for this DFS slate. So let's just go ahead and go ahead and get into it. Uh, let's just see how we can start with this. Let's go with um, Cleveland at Baltimore. The over-under is at 45. That thing started out at 46.5. Baltimore's moved from a 3.5-point favorite to a 7-point favorite. That line change uh, looks like it has to do with a lot of sharp money on Baltimore. 56% of the bets are on the Ravens to cover, but 77% of the money is now on the Ravens as a home favorite. And that probably has to do with the secondary in Cleveland looking pretty pretty banged up um, on the injury report right now. For the Browns, we have um, Morgan Burnett, who's questionable. We have Greedy Williams, who's questionable with a hamstring, and Denzel Ward, who's also questionable with a hamstring. And this is kind of the, the, you know, we have for the Ravens, we have Jimmy Smith, who is out with a knee, and Marlon Humphrey, who is uh, nursing a hamstring and is questionable, along with Mark Andrews, but it seems like he's going to be able to go. Uh, Look, on the Browns side, I. Nobody's going to be on the Brown side, and Odell Beckham's always an excellent play in this kind of spot, especially when you consider that the Ravens' defense has not been this season what we had what we had really expected uh, from them, uh, especially on the back end there with the addition of Earl Thomas. They just have not been healthy and uh, haven't been able to haven't been able to get anything going at the roster watch matchup tool. Baltimore for this week actually showing is the uh, a top eleven matchup for opposing wide receivers. So if Freddie Kitchens can pull his head out of his ass and start getting the ball out a little bit faster there for Baker Mayfield uh, and these wide receivers, or just maybe give play calling duties over to Todd Munkin, would, would it be that hard to do? Um, something needs to get fixed with this Cleveland Browns offense, but uh, this is a game that I'm interested in because like we talked about, you know, Denzel Ward and Greedy looking like they're going to be uh, – Morgan Burnett too, man. That, this could be a secondary for the Cleveland Browns that we could – 
really, really prey on. And Marquise Brown just pops up as an excellent option to pair with Lamar Jackson this week. So he'll be a play, you know, right off the top, probably getting into one of my favorite plays of the week. But boy, Hollywood Brown playing that guy just sort of feels like playing Tyreek Hill with just an extended number of targets. A ton of opportunities, getting a lot of concentrated opportunity there for those guys. Outside of Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, uh, Lamar Jackson, I mean, you could play Mark Ingram. It feels like point chasing at this point. Um, but, I mean, it's you can't deny now that, you know, on, on DK, he's got 35-point upside uh, any any given week because we've seen that happen. I'm just – I'm not sure that I'll be going there this week. Like I mentioned on the Cleveland side, I'm probably only playing Cleveland players if I'm stacking Lamar Jackson with Marquise Brown. In that situation, I could maybe bring it back with Odell Beckham. I think maybe a deep play here could be Demetrius Harris. Now that we know uh, David Njoku is going to be out for a while, he's not getting targeted much, but he's playing a whole ton of snaps if you look at the snap counts tool. So uh, looking for a super deep play, you could go there. I'm not sure we need to go there this week at the tight end position. I'm I'm not sure we need to go that cheap. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives. Running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should play too. Look, I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. They will double your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code ROSTER, R-O-S-T-E-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code ROSTER. Visit mybookie.ag today and use promo code ROSTER to double your first deposit. At mybookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Carolina at Houston. This game opened up as a 46-point over-under, now at 47.5. Houston remains a four-point favorite in this one with 63% of the public bets on the Texans and only 51% of the money, so maybe a little bit of sharp support there for Kyle Allen and the uh, traveling Carolina Panthers. Um, look, I, I, I like the Texans' defense here. I think that uh, Kyle Allen, that was a homecoming game for him going back to Arizona last week. I think it's a little bit tougher. Going into Houston, even though this is a, a technically on paper a good matchup for quarterbacks and wide receivers, it's a bad matchup for running backs. Uh, you know, the matchup tool, though, is it's it's um, it's it's – with Christian McCaffrey, it's just a little bit different because he lines up all over the place. They get in the ball in space. They, they, they throw him the football so much. One thing with McCaffrey, though, he's super expensive. He's going to be super popular. And if you look at the Vegas tool, man, we're starting to see the props on his reception start to come down. And I wonder how much that has to do with Greg Olson. Um, uh, you know, so Olson, not a, you know, McCaffrey, of course, he's always going to be in play. Um, Olsen, not really sure that I'm going back this week. It had so much to do with that Arizona matchup last week uh, that he got that big game. But, he, I mean, he's been producing, so you can definitely consider him 
DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. I think those guys are definitely in play. Maybe a small nod to Curtis Samuel in this one because he's a little bit cheaper, and he seems to really have the connection there with Kyle Allen. When we look at the Houston side, you can always play Deshaun Watson, and he was popping a little bit in our model. It was just that there were other plays that we wanted to get in a little bit more this week uh, just due to some various circumstances and some and some manual inputs that we put into the model. But I think you could perfectly find playing Deshaun Watson on the Carolina side of the football. Uh, defensively, we now have Dante Jackson, who's their fastest uh, outside corner. Looks like he's going to be a little bit banged up. And might not go. If that's the case, you know, we'll have Bradbury over there on Hopkins. Uh, you know, things could really open up a little bit for, for Will Fuller if there's no Dante Jackson. And Dante Jackson hasn't been that good, but he is fast and he can't run with him. If Will Fuller has a spike game, it probably means that Deshaun Watson is going to have a spike game. Uh, look, Duke Johnson, I just I can't go to him until we begin to see maybe a little bit more Carlos Hyde, a bottom of the barrel type. Um, you know, tournament option. I'm not going to buy into any of the productivity that we saw last week out of these um, kind of, you know, scummy, uh, not scummy people. I love Jordan Akins as a dude. Uh, we met him at his senior bowl and really liked him a lot. But he's kind of bottom of the barrel, trashy tight ends. Just cannot go back to those guys. Uh, let's go to the next game. KC at Detroit. KC is seven point favorite in this game. Um, 83% of the 87, 83% of the bets on the Chiefs, along with 73% of the money. Um, this game has a fizz up to it. It started out as a 55 and a half over under, now at 54 and a half. Uh, 69% of the public bets and 89% of the money on the over in this game. An interesting fact that was pointed out to me by my friend Derek Cardi on the show I just got done doing on Roto Grinders is that um, is that the Detroit Lions, you know. We still, and you know, maybe even I still have it in my head that the Lions play slow and they're a grinded out team and all this stuff. The Lions, uh, you know, if if you adjust for context, are in the top ten so far as far as pace this season. Going against Detroit, we've all heard about the uh, Patrick Mahomes first game in a dome narrative. I think there might even be something to it. I'm interested in Patrick Mahomes every week. so if we're looking at the Kansas City offense and people to pair him with, certainly Sammy Watkins comes to mind. He's been playing a ton out of the slot. Uh, we saw last week whenever Matt Patricia was scheming things up against the Eagles that they were able to really shut down Zach Ertz. I'm not sure that Travis Kelsey will get that same treatment this week simply because last week that, that Philadelphia Eagles receiving core was just so obliterated. I mean, we didn't have Deshaun Jackson. We didn't have Alshon Jeffrey. There was all kinds of you know, Nelson Aguilar chalk and Nelson Aguilar out of the slot last week was able to do a good amount of work. Sammy Watkins doing a lot of his work there, of course, with McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson handling things on the outside and Tyreek Hill's absence. Um, look, the targets have been there for Watkins. I don't have those no target numbers pulled up, but I believe it was 11 in week one, 13 in week two, and either eight or nine last week. So he's averaging over 10 targets per game. It's a Patrick Mahomes offense. You want every piece of him you can. And on FanDuel, uh, Sammy Watkins only 6,900 as opposed to the 6,700 he is on DraftKings. Of course, DraftKings has a $50,000 salary cap, while FanDuel has a $60,000 salary cap. So you know you do the math. A lot less percentage of your salary cap over there on FanDuel. I'll certainly be playing a lot of Sammy Watkins over there. And I'll be mixing in Travis Kelsey on my stacks, despite the um, 
the you know the Zacherts kind of tight end takeaway narrative that we talked about earlier. Uh, Detroit has been a little bit. Let me look at the matchup tool. They've been a little bit tougher this year against opposing tight ends than we've seen before. Back in the days of guys like Quandre Diggs and 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 such handling the handling the slot, I believe they now have Justin Coleman there doing that, and he's been a lot better. Uh, the number twenty one matchup on the week, so basically a bottom kind of bottom twelve ish matchup. For Kelsey, uh, still have some of him. Uh, look, you got to sprinkle in some McCole Hardeman and, God damn it, maybe even some Demarcus Robinson. Because, I mean, if this keeps happening, you just got to get a little bit of it, a little bit of him in there. Uh, you want that exposure. Shady McCoy, I think, is probably fine. I don't know how much of Shady McCoy or Darrell Williams I'll be playing. Darrell Williams, though, if you look at his pricing over on DraftKings, a little bit tighter pricing this week. Uh, over there, Darrell Williams is 5500 so, you know, he could be a salary saver for you. And he did get a ton of work last week. He didn't look, not look quite as slow as I remembered. On the Lions side, we not as I remembered, as slow as he tested. He ran like a 4.81 or something like that. He was an absolute slug as far as his testing. But it wasn't like he looked that slow at his senior bowl or, um, you know, during any of the tape you were able to see of him at, at LSU. So, uh, you could play Darrell Williams. Detroit, despite the fact that you know last year they were good against the run, they have been absolutely miserable against the run this year, even when you adjust for strength of schedule. So um, Shady, Darrell Williams, they're, they're not going to be owned at all in tournaments. Maybe you could think about those guys. I'm trying to think here. And, you know, like I tell you guys, man, I do this show in between the Roto Grinders show and the, the um, Sirius show where today, as I record this on Saturday, I got to do a three-hour one. So... Um, Hope you'll bear with me as I just kind of go through this, go through these things off the top of my head. Matthew Stafford, I'll have to look. He came up questionable with a hip. Um, let's just see what, what the other injury situations are here. Uh, so Danny Amendola is also questionable. Oh, Darius Slay, that's a big one. He's also questionable. So um, if we don't have Darius Slay, that's just, I mean, that's wheels up for, uh, you know, wheels up for the wide receivers even more than they more than they would have been. Of course, we know Damian Williams is out in this game. That's why we were talking earlier about Darrell Williams and why we were talking about Shady McCoy. You can maybe throw a dart on Darwin Thompson, but he just, like, his his usage last week was absolutely tilting. Uh, but So, anyway, Matt Stafford, um, he's, he's sort of questionable with a hip. I, it sounds like he's probably going to play through it. And, you know, if you want exposure to this game, an interesting way to get exposure might be to play Stafford with a Kenny Galladay um, and a carry-on Johnson. Carry-on Johnson, only 5,400 on DraftKings. We know that C.J. Anderson's been traded away, so you could see an uptick in usage there at the goal line. And uh, just, I don't know how much we need to worry about guys like J.D. McKissick and Paul Perkins. Um the day is coming where Kerryon Johnson is going to get to prove that he's a full featured back, despite the fact that the Lions do not want to use him that way. It could could be as early as this week. It's certainly going to be that kind of game from a scoring uh, potential standpoint. This thing sets up one of the highest over-unders of the week, if not the highest, in a dome. I just, hey, the Patrick Mahomes, first game in a dome narrative. You know, buy into it. I, I, I think it's an interesting deal. Um New England at Buffalo. New England in this game is seven-point favorites. 79% of the bets are on New England, along with 76% of the money. The over-under is dipped from 44 down to 42. I don't think we need to talk much about this one. I mean, we've been interested in playing Josh Allen every single week. I'm not even sure I want to play him in season long. 
this week. It just it just doesn't really seem like the spot. This game screams to me a place where the the you know we have Edelman who's banged up coming into this thing. Josh Gordon got a little hurt last week. Playing Edelman seems like it would probably be fine, but he's just maybe it's it's, it's probably anecdotal, but he just seems like such a re risk, such an injury sort of. Um, he seems like he's a greater re-risk of injury than the average, you know, than the average bear. If, if you if you catch my drift, so Sony Michelle's running around like he's he's crapped his pants and doesn't know what to do. Uh, Rex Burkhead honestly looks looks better. Um, I believe we had Burkhead though. Did he show up on the injury report? Uh, Burkhead, yeah, he's on the injury report with a foot. He's questionable, so if he's unable to go, maybe that opens things up a little bit for James White and Sony Michelle. We'll have to keep an eye on it. But look, for me, this is a Devin Singletary could be coming back this week. It takes Frank Gore out of the picture as if he would have been in the picture to begin with. He, you know, he was okay for us last week in cash games. If, you know, in the spots that we did play in, but it wasn't like he blew anybody's doors off. We were never expecting anything like that. Um. So yeah, I mean for the for the Bills, I just I, I'm not interested. Like this game is just one where I'm just kind of skipping over, and I'm not including too many of these players in my player pool for cash games or for tournaments for you know some of those reasons specified. Oakland at Indy, a game I like a little bit more. I uh, really a lot more for some of these players. Uh, Indy's moved to a seven point favorite after opening up as a six point favorite. Fifty five percent of the bets on Indy, but only thirty four percent of the money. Indicating sharp support here for the for the one and two Oakland Raiders. This total's actually risen as well. Still pretty miserable and piddly from forty four up to forty five and a half. Um, so we have uh, you know we have to start out with. T.Y. Hilton, who's now been downgraded to doubtful, does not look like he's going to play. It might open some things up on the Colts side for Paris Campbell, for Deion Kane, and for the tight ends, Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. I think most of the focus in this game, though, will be on Marlon Mack, who has basically been the league's biggest workhorse outside of Leonard Fournette as far as a carries perspective. He's just getting a ton of work. This could be a game where the Oakland Raiders – um, do fall behind to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. And if that happens, you know, if they're seven-point favorites, that is a great run-blocking unit. You can see Marlon Mack really racking things up here. He's, he's, he's pretty affordable and attainable across all the DFS sites. So, I mean, he should be, he's, a, he's a core play. I think he's an, he's an excellent play this week. Um, he's, he's gotten so much better with his yards after contact. He he had uh, in I believe the twenty was it twenty seventeen or was twenty might have been the twenty seventeen season if that was was that his rookie season Marlon Mack rookie year was that twenty seventeen Marlon Mack twenty see this is a great 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 uh, radio here. yeah so he he was twenty seventeen he PFF had him graded as the guy with the most negative runs in the league. He was just terrible with bouncing things outside and not being able to get past first contact. You know, give the guy credit. He's gotten he's gotten a lot better. He's gotten a lot tougher as a runner. I think a lot of it has probably had to do with a lot of the contact that he faces now is a lot more second-level contact from a lot less strong players. So um, uh, that's thanks to, you know, not only his own professional growth, but also how good that offensive line is as a run-blocking unit. On the Oakland side, I have a little bit of interest in Josh Jacobs. He seems too cheap at 5,100 on DraftKings and I believe 6,000 on FanDuel. 
I, I hope I'm, I just do this. <laughs> I just, uh, I just do this off the top of my head. I, let me just, I'll make sure about that. I, I just, I look all week at this stuff. Um, so let me just make sure that's right. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, find him, please. Um, yeah, 6,000 on, uh, FanDuel, 5,100 on DraftKings. Um, decent little prop for him this week, plus 125 to score, 74 and a half total rushing plus receiving yards is his over-under with between one and two catches over-under. Uh, depending on where you look. That's what the worry is. If Indianapolis kicks Oakland's ass, how much do we see Josh Jacobs? Because he's been a little bit game script dependent thus far. I don't think he needs to be. I think, look, I think John Gruden needs to needs to realize that Josh Jacobs is a three-down back that was drafted as highly as he was because of his ability to catch the football. So, it, I mean, if you're going to take him out of the football game and just, you know, in, in bad game scripts, what you're doing is effectively in bad game scripts, you're taking one of your best players on offense off of the football field. One guy that won't come off the football field um, is, is Darren Waller, who's just gotten an insane amount of volume. He's probably my favorite tight end play on the whole entire week based not only on the volume that he's gotten, the usage he's gotten, the efficiency he's been able to get, especially in PPR but also because of the fact that Eberflus's uh, defense there in Indianapolis is one that we know is just like the one in Atlanta. We talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. But they bend, but they don't break. They allow lower eight-out receptions to the running backs and to the tight ends in the middle of the football field. So this, this is shaping up to be another big Darren Waller week. Certainly like him here in this one. Uh, I, don't ever, you know, I don't ever want to play Tyrell Williams. Uh, let's see. Moving on to the Chargers going to face the shitty Miami Dolphins. The Chargers have moved from 16 and a half point favorites to 14 and a half point favorites. I don't know if that has to do with some of the injuries here with these guys, but it's just a bunch of interesting situations here with this one. Um, okay. So we had Justin Jackson who looked like he was going to be an awesome play at 4,100 on DraftKings. Now he's out of the picture. He is out. Um, main, I mean, now they're saying that Melvin Gordon, who's reported back, could be active in this game. You just don't know how much he will play. And if right off the injury, despite the fact that they kind of hate him, I mean, I kind of think that Telesco and Anthony Lynn might say, we hate this dude. We don't care about him anyway. Like, if we get up in the head, like, let's just run him out there. So that's a, that's a, that's a risk for Austin Eckler, who seems like he's in the best spot of any running back this week especially with no Justin Jackson. I mean, imagine what Ezekiel Elliott would have done last week if Tony Pollard wouldn't be able to come in to ice that thing off, right? Imagine, like, every time, I mean, I think Gus Edwards went big against them whenever, whenever uh, you know, Baltimore played. If one was to, like, it, there's always the backup running backs that get in these games late versus Miami whenever Miami's getting their ass kicked, and it was going to be the Justin Jackson game this week especially because they're getting Melvin Gordon back next week. And when else are you going to use Justin Jackson? It's just like everything lined up perfectly. Now we don't get it. But Eckler's still a great play. I mean, I'm burying the lead here on Keenan Allen. He has a, he has a seven reception, 99 and a half yard over under. He is the chalk play at wide receiver this week. We've, we've played him every week. I think that the field is going to be with us, though, this week. If you're going to want to go heavy on him, it's, uh, it's it, you know, you're, you're going to have to get a lot of him to get over the field as far as an ownership percentage standpoint. Um, Philip Rivers, I think, is fine, but there's no Mike Williams in this game, and now Travis Benjamin has been downgraded to doubtful, meaning there's nobody to throw the ball to besides 
Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and I mean, men price Dontrell Inman. You can probably get Dontrell Inman in there and feel feel okay. P- you know, people might worry and say it's a new offense, but that's bullshit, man. Like he'd been with he'd been with the Chargers and Philip Rivers forever before going to the New England Patriots, making that team and then asking for a trade back home. You know that that guy's a that guy's a that guy's a Charger. So Dontrell Inman could pop out this week as sort of a sort of a deeper play on the Miami side. I mean, I don't know, play, play Preston Williams. If you're stacking that game, like that's the problem. It's if you, if you stack it up and you want to play rivers and Eckler and Keenan Allen, you, you, you want it to be something where you, you know, you bring it back with, you know, some kind of Miami player. And it's just really hard to figure out one of those guys. So maybe my lineup. So I have Eckler, I might not have as much Keenan or just kind of pick and choose my spots with that. I, I really haven't figured out exactly how I'll handle it. Uh, hopefully you guys have some of your own ideas. Tennessee Titans at Atlanta Falcons. Doesn't seem like anybody's going to be on this game based on the stuff I've been reading and hearing this week. Tennessee um, is three-and-a-half-point underdogs traveling to the Dome. Um, they open up as four-and-a-half-point underdogs. And, look, this game, the, pub, the public bets are basically in line with the money on this one, 53% and 54% as far as the tickets versus the money counts. Um, that's on the Titans. I just, I think you could play Julio in any week. And this is not the best matchup for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, but Julio Jones, as we all know, is absolutely matchup proof. Ito Smith uh, banged up this week. It seems like he is trending towards playing. Let me just look and see here. Um, uh, Let's see, Falcons. So the Falcons now, they are not listing uh, Ito as questionable anymore. So it looks like Ito actually will play this week. Maybe that downgrades Devontae Freeman to some degree as we've seen Ito get a little bit of usage in the passing game. Although we've talked about it before, it's a little bit deceptive to think that Ito just is the passing down back. Uh, Devontae Freeman has actually been dominating in that category so far. On the Tennessee side, I stand by the fact that Marcus Mariota sucks. Um, It's hard to buy. Corey Davis just... If you own him in season long, please, like you should have dropped him weeks ago. I find it interesting that nobody's on Derrick Henry in a game where, uh, you know, we've, we've targeted Atlanta with running backs. Now, those, that, those have been with pass-catching running backs. Derrick Henry, even though he can catch, uh, hasn't been necessarily used that much, in, you know, in the, in the receiving game. So... I just I can't buy into this being a Deion Lewis game. This is the Derrick Henry in a dome in a spot where they could, he could have two to three receptions and, and maybe bang off some big runs. Uh, he's he's been super effective this year. I think you know if you play in a bunch of tournaments, and especially some of these big tournaments, no one's going to play Derrick Henry. Maybe sprinkle him in a lineup. I I, I think that could pay off for you. I certainly will be. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I don't know how much. So I'm not going to go 50% Derrick Henry or anything. He's not a core play. But he should be in your player pool. He should be in your player pool every week. That guy can bust off for a monster any given time. Washington at the New York Giants. What an awesome game this is to stack, especially with the cheap options that we have. There is a couple of hiccups and snafus we're going to have to deal with, though. Um, the Washington Redskins line has now moved up to – or I'm sorry, the over-under has now moved up to 49. 69% of the public uh, tickets are on the over, but only 44% of the money on the over. 
the New York Giants have moved from two-point favorites to three-point favorites in this one at home. Uh, public sentiment and, and money right there alongside in another uh, 56% and 54% respectively. So uh, not seeing any not seeing any sort of sharp money movement there at all. Look, Daniel Jones looked great last week. This is an even better matchup this week. Now, does Daniel Jones keep it up? And I think he does. And he keeps throwing it to Evan Ingram. He keeps throwing it to Sterling Shepard. And Wayne Gallman, of course, is the elephant in the room. But both those guys, like, I think Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram are cash plays. And if they're cash plays, why not stack up Daniel Jones with these guys in tournaments? I like him better on DraftKings than I do on FanDuel, I think. But um, certainly, I would be interested in and 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 making that sort of play because you can bring it back on the other side if he's going to play with that hamstring Terry McLaurin and if Terry McLaurin doesn't play we have easy pivots off of him to the Paul Richardsons of the world I think Chris Thompson on the Washington Redskins side uh, excellent play on DraftKings where he's cheap and also I noticed on the Vegas tool earlier today when I was making it Chris Thompson has a four and a half reception over under so he, he could bring you a good receiving floor there especially if this game does shoot out um, a lot of interest there. Let's keep our eyes on the quarterback situation. If if we don't get Case Keenum, which it seems like we will, you know, that murkies things up a little bit more with Terry McLaurin because that has been his dude. Now, of course, we get the narrative. If it's Dwayne Haskins, we get the Ohio State connection, et cetera, et cetera. But if it's Colt McCoy, all bets are off. So uh, just keep an eye on it. Uh, I think that Wayne Gallman, people are going to have a lot of opinions about, but as far as I'm concerned, he's a great play. It's just like, what, 4600 on DraftKings. A little bit different story over there on FanDuel where he's priced up. But I think on DraftKings, Wayne Gallman's perfectly fine. He's going to catch two or three balls. He's going he's gonna to rush. If he doesn't get hurt, he's going to rush for 70-something yards, and he's going to have a shot for getting in for a touchdown. And you'll take that every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Uh, from a guy you get it at that price. He's going to come with high ownership, though, so, of course, you can always look to uh, get off him in, in, in tournaments. But, yeah, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and if he's playing and he's healthy and we get word he's 100%, Terry McLaurin. Let's make sure we get word he's 100% because McLaurin is fast, he's twitchy, he's like a, he's like a race car. Our guy John Proctor calls him F1 for the F1 McLaren. And, it's, hey, he corners just like one. So hamstrings can be tricky for those dudes. Let's make sure and we keep up with the news about Terry McLaurin. He's currently on the cheat sheets at rosterwatch.com. If we get news tomorrow, he's not 100%. I, w- I will be taking him off and instead putting in Paul Richardson at the very bottom there as a, uh, as a cheap swerve off of him. I, I know we love Trey Quinn, and he's awesome. You know, he's awesome. But he's just, he's just he's such a dink and dunk type of player that I'm not sure he's the kind of guy that can – they can get you those big scores that you need to really win a tournament. Tampa Bay at the Los Angeles Rams. This should be a this should be a game where Jameis Winston either booms or busts. Fifty is the over under. It's moved down to forty nine. Um, the Rams are nine and a half point favorites. They opened up at ten, so down to nine and a half and. Here's why. Only 52% of the tickets on the Bucks to cover, but 77% of the money, indicating some sharp support here for the Bucks. Let's talk about the Rams side. It's just so hard to feel. I think that Goff is a great play this week. Our models have thought so as well. I think that ownership will be off him a little bit, though, because it's just so hard to choose. Who do you pair him with? Is it Cooper Cup, which is the obvious choice? Um, or is it Robert Woods? Is it Brandon Cooks? 
And that decision makes things hard sometimes. Uh, in the backfield, Todd Gurley is $7,000 on DraftKings, and he's only 6800 on FanDuel. And RTFS models just, I mean, the trends for Todd Gurley were too much not to get him on the cheat sheets for FanDuel. It's just that's, that price is far too cheap. Um, he's been getting, if I just, let me just look at the snap rates and just, See, it's, he's he, Todd Gurley is getting absolutely used, and in a game like this, where the where his team is ten point favorites, we're not seeing any Daryl Henderson in this game. Malcolm Brown, if you look at his prop for this game, one half of a reception. So he has a basically he needs one reception for his prop to pay off. His his prop is one half of one reception, and his total yards uh, receiving plus rushing is only thirty point five. Whenever we look at what the Los Angeles Rams have done from a snap count percentage uh, thus far uh, in the season, Todd Gurley was a 74% snap participant last week at Cleveland. I mean, it's, he, only, he, only, he only went for 34 yards, but you know it's like 64% snap participant whenever New Orleans came to town. So, I mean, Todd Gurley's getting, getting run, and he's 6,800. And last year he was like, you know, $3,000 more than that every single week. So if we see a big pop-out game out of I'm, – I'm playing some Todd Gurley on FanDuel this week. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to play – absolutely play him. Um, you know, not going to go all in on the guy, but it just, it just seems pretty – seems like it's pretty, pretty cheap there for him. Uh, for the Rams, let's just see. We don't have any – don't have a good uh, injury report here on them. No players listed. For the Tampa Bay Bucks, now we have Chris Godwin, who's questionable with a hip. People could go back to Mike Evans here. I think it's fine. I think if you're playing, I mean, if you play golf and Gurley and like Cup or something like that, you kind of need to bring it back with a Mike Evans. I think that's fine. This game's got a high enough total to to, to game stack it like that. But uh, there's uh, very few others that I'd be interested in. I'm not even going to go after OJ Howard. Um, Despite his depressed price point, I just, you know, for me, it's probably Mike Evans or Bust if I'm looking to game stack this one in particular. Seattle Seahawks at Arizona Cardinals. The Seahawks have now moved to five and a half point favorites in Arizona. Arizona looking for that first win after losing two and kissing their sister versus Matt Patricia. The overrunners moved in this one from 46 to up to 48. Uh, a lot of bets and a lot of uh, a lot of action here on the over. This is a game that people are going to want in on, and Russell Wilson is going to be the most popular quarterback play on this slate. He's going to be the most popular one. He'll be fifteen to twenty percent owned. Um, people are going to pair him with Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson. I'm just, I think he's fifty seven hundred on DraftKings. It's Rashad Penny. Looks like he'll be a game time decision. We saw last week, yeah, Chris Carson, just with that whole thing, man. I pivoted to Chris Carson last week in some lineups where I really, really wish I wouldn't have. He fumbles too much. And we saw last week they gave damn C.J. Procise all the, all the work. You know, after that first initial fumble, the uh, – let's see. What, what, what did the snap counts look like last week for, uh, for Chris Carson and these, and these Seahawks? Chris Carson – was in on 44% of snaps. CJ Proside, Jesus, on 55% of snaps. So all it takes is one fumble. I know they've given the lift service all week. I, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go there. I understand that that could be recency bias and maybe it's wrong. So maybe I'll get a little bit of Chris Carson because this scoring environment is so good. 
But for me, I'm most interested in Russell Wilson stacking him with DK Metcalf, stacking him with Tyler Lockett. And then, of course, at tight end, Will Disley. What these Cardinals have been giving up to tight ends, I know it's a small sample over the first three weeks, but you can all just list them off the top of your head, can't you? TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Greg Olson. Murked on these assholes. Will Disley now finds himself in a position where the Seattle Seahawks traded Nick Vanette to the Pittsburgh Steelers for a fifth-round uh, pick in next year's 2020 NFL draft. So Disley doesn't – like, they brought in Luke Wilson with two L's. And so he could swindle you if you're a Will Disley owner. But, yeah, great streamer for season long and definitely somebody in, in DFS who you can get to if you want to pay down. I'm not sure how much of him I will have. Um just because I just I love guys like Evan Ingram this week. And I love getting in on that Casey Detroit game with Travis Kelsey. And I love Darren Waller so very much. But I mean Will Disley's perfectly fine and perfectly in play. I mean, seven targets last week, six receptions for sixty-two yards and a touchdown on fifty-five percent of snaps. We're taking Nick Vanette out of the equation who played thirty-one percent of snaps last week against the against the Cardinals. I'm bringing it back on the Cardinals side. David Johnson's always going to be in play. Uh, we have some kind of interesting situation here outside of the, just the real obvious plays and, and stacking Kyler Murray with Christian Kirk and Larry Fitz, who are both very reasonably priced. Christian Kirk's only $5,100 on DraftKings. I believe Larry Fitz is just under 6 k on both DraftKings and on FanDuel. I prefer him on FanDuel. Might prefer Christian Kirk over on DraftKings. But we have now Demir Bird is, is out in this game. Um, let's see who else. Let's see. Uh, Demir Bird is out. Let's just look, pull up the injury report. So, yeah, we have Demir Bird out. And that's the only wide receiver. But we also had Michael Crabtree, of course, now is off the team. Keyshawn Johnson on the outside becomes an interesting kind of deep tournament play, sort of in the mold of a Dontrell Inman. Two guys who I'm going to have uh, intermingled in my tournament lineups this week certainly not cash considerations but if you're looking for one of those deep plays with no Demir Bird who's been Demir Demir Bird's been getting a bunch of run so uh, Keyshawn Johnson could step in and get some of that for him I like him as like I said it's a dart throw play don't quote me saying that's a that's a you know any kind of uh any kind of (laughs) terrific play but the uh the, the 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 fact is that you know Keyshawn Johnson was already a 48% snap participant last week. Demir Bird was a 96% snap participant last week. Keyshawn Johnson, four targets last week. Demir Bird, four targets last week. If, if Keyshawn Johnson can, can sort of step into that whole role and be an 8-10 to 10 target guy like we're seeing out of, you know, the Larry Fitzes and the Christian Kirks of the world uh, there on the outside, it's certainly something that I'm interested in against these putrid, putrid, putrid players in the secondary of the Seattle Seahawks. One quick thing too on Will Disley that's a little bit of something to worry about. Uh, my friend from, again, from the Roto Grinders show, The Blitz, I did earlier. You can check that out on rotogrinders.com this week. It's generally a premium show for those guys, but they made it free this week. Um, Kyle Murray, who's a, who's a great tournament player, said that there's been speculation that the reason that they've been so, the Cardinals, that is, have been so shitty against tight ends has been because it's been DJ Swearinger handling the coverage for them. And they've been talking this week about maybe getting Buda Baker more involved, which would be a, a definite upgrade as from a coverage perspective, but a downgrade for tight ends facing this team. So maybe if you're looking for reasons to get off Will Disley, there aren't, there are lots of reasons to be on him. So if you're looking for reasons to get off him because you think he's going to be too chalky, um, 
that could certainly be one. Here we are. We're already getting to, toward the end of the slate. Let's go to Minnesota at Chicago. This game is now down to a 38 over under. Just look, looks kind of gross to me, guys. I'm not sure who I can play here. I mean, I don't trust the volume with the passing game there on the Minnesota side. I trust Alvin Cook with all my heart, but it's just a bad matchup. He's 8,300 on DraftKings. If I'm playing him anywhere, it's going to be on FanDuel, where he's also 8,300. On the Chicago side, it's just really hard. I mean, this is a, a defense that's been underperforming for the Minnesota Vikings, but this, this is two 2-1 two and one teams in the, in the NFC North going head-to-head. It's a really low total at 38. Chicago opened up as three-point favorites, now only one-and-a-half-point favorites here in this one. So it's uh, – I mean, just can, can you think of a Chicago player you're excited about playing this week in season long? If you're not excited about playing a single one of them in season long, you're like, why play them in DFS? You can play any single one, any single player that you want. Um, and there are, and, and there are better spots to get cute than a game with a 38 total in a division clash. So let's just skip past that one and go to our final game of the main slate here: Jacksonville at Denver. Another really low total, but a game where you can get maybe get a little bit excited in this one. 37.5 over-under. Denver is three-point favorites at home. Gardner, Minshew, uh, and Leonard Fournette traveling up to Denver. Um, look, Leonard Fournette's popping on FanDuel is basically the best play on the best play on the slate if you are just 6,400 if you're basing his projected output on the Vegas props. Um, four receptions. For 33 and a half yard, a 33 and a half yard receiving prop in this game, 64 and a half yard over under for his rushing prop. He's plus 110 to score this week. So, Leonard Fournette, if you'd like to get him in, I, I, I don't think he's going to be that popular. People think he looks like shit running. I'm not going to say that I'm completely <laughs> saying that they're wrong. But he's going to get it together. He's, he's a great prospect. He's getting more usage than any back in the entire National Football League. And uh, we're going to continue to go there with Leonard Fournette for at least this week. If he craps his pants and looks terrible there, you know, people say they might worry about his conditioning and all that. But, you know, you, you, you forget. He, he, he trained at altitude all summer up there in Montana. I don't think that the altitude is going to bother Leonard Fournette the same way that others might think they could bother Leonard Fournette going up against Denver and Vic Fangio. And how the fuck is Vic Fangio not coaching up this defense with all these great players that he has on the defensive side of the football? How is he not coaching these guys up to where there's not one sack thus far this season, not one interception or turnover thus far this season? Our number nine matchup of the week, Leonard Fournette goes to Denver. He is going to eat 